My name is Dr. Asha Sefanit Wadasi. And like many people of African descent, I used to live in the UK, but I always had a dream which developed into a plan to move to an African country of my dreams. After traveling around several African countries on the African continent, I finally settled on Malawi, a small country the size of the UK, which is in the east side of the African continent. And I love it here. My podcast is about my life in Malawi, how I got here, how I'm managing to stay here, and some of the interesting things I get up to during my daily life. I also focus on helping you to break through with your own best life plans for living in your own hot country of your dreams or just having the life you want. I also look at your money freedoms, your job freedoms and many other things that can help you to get that best life. So stick with me as I take you through the Living Your Best Life in Africa experience. It's going to be a blast. Greetings everyone. This is the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast and you're listening to episode 126. Now I hope everyone is doing well this week as the UK celebrates levels of workers back in the workplace now reaching pre-COVID levels, although I'm not sure if I believe that. But what you can believe is that I live in Malawi, and as I explained in an earlier podcast, I've just bought my land with a view to building my own house sometime next year. But in the meantime, I'm renting. I'm renting a small house in my local village in Salima, which is in the eastern region of the country where it's hot and where the beach is only 21 kilometres away. What's not to love? Me? I love it. So if you've been following my social media pages, you may have guessed by now that I had to move house. So the house that formed the backdrop for some of my posts in August and September is no more. What happened is that I discovered that all that glitters is not gold. Meaning that whilst this house was lovely to look at, when I got beneath the face value surface, the house had many problems, most of which were caused by the main problem. You see, anywhere you go in the world, you will always find cowboy builders and Malawi is no different. The old house where I used to live was built to quite a poor standard, as a way probably to make the money spread. But one of the things that was done in that money spreading house building event was that when the floor was laid, the builder didn't lay a layer of concrete on the floor before laying the ceramic floor tiles. Instead, the builder decided it would be okay to go for a type of soil mix which was spread over the floor and the tiles were then laid on top with grout. Lovely to look at, but the main problem this caused was that there were no barriers between the soil underneath the house and the soil underneath the floor tiles, meaning that 
anything small enough to get through the tiny holes in the tiles could literally come up into all of the rooms of the house. And guess what? Come up it did. What came up? Thousands and thousands of ants, or nyerere, as they're called in Malawi. And I am not kidding when I tell you that the ants literally numbered in their thousands. Don't believe me? Check out my social media pages or get onto my newsletter mailing list where I'll be sharing several of the offending pictures so you can see for yourself that I am not exaggerating. These ants would decide that today is the day we are going house hunting and they would collect all their friends, come up through the floor and invade the house as if it was a family reunion. It was horrible and there were so many ants that one day I removed a whole dustpan of them and I was spending about £15 per week on repellents to try to keep the ants at bay. But ants gotta be ants. They don't know that they shouldn't be in people's houses. They're just marching across the house to their own tune. And in the end, after they started getting into the bed and watching my iPad on a night time, I couldn't fight anymore and I decided that I had to move. Now in Malawi, the majority of people own their own homes, which tend to be small houses built on inherited land or purchased land. But there is a thriving rental market here as well, which is fueled by a very mobile workforce of private and public employees who are expected to move around the country with little, if any, resistance. And it's these employees alongside tourists and homeless people like me who fuel a very vibrant rental market all over the country, but especially in what are called lakeside towns, like Salima, where I live. And that's because lakeside towns are simply that, towns from where you can visit the lake by travelling a really short distance. And when Europeans come to Malawi, they also come to lakeside towns for that very reason. All of these towns are situated around Lake Malawi and Lake Malawi is the fourth largest natural freshwater lake in the world. And that also affects rental prices. So as I said, I'm one of those people fueling the rental market But on this occasion, I had no choice. So I ended up having to move rather quickly to a house that's about three times smaller than the house I used to live in. And that's the problem. The house is really small. I feel like I'm living in a small London shoebox, although the house is still quite a bit larger than some of the Can't Swing a Cat new builds that I've seen in that London place. But the smallness of the house is what the landlord noticed when I was moving my furniture and belongings into the house. She kind of saw that the stuff I had would just about fit into the house, meaning that the house was small for me. And she came up with an idea. Her idea 
is to build me another rental house which is bigger than the house I currently live in so I can move into that house, have more room and live a bit more comfortably for the time it will take me to build my own house. I mean, give my landlord her props. Can you see Wimpy or Barrett's or Persimmon just deciding to build me a bigger house out of the goodness of their heart? (laughs) No. But in Malawi, the country called the Warm Heart of Africa, my landlord decided to do just that and build this house for me. And this build is taking place right outside my office window. I'm seeing everything. But what's more important to me is that for the first time ever, I am learning so much about house building. I saw this house start from nothing. The ground in front of the house I live in was hard when I arrived and I thought it was waiting to be landscaped following the completion of the tiny house that I currently live in. But I was wrong. About 5am in the morning, almost a month ago, at the time of recording this podcast, I woke up to what seemed like a pickaxe digging sound. And then when I looked out of the window, I saw a group of men digging the ground and digging deep. So later that day, I said to my friend, it looks as if the men are digging foundations for a house. But men being men, he said, nah, they're digging a drainage ditch. Turns out I was right because my friend went to ask the landlord how long it would take to finish the ditch. And the landlord told him that she was building a new house for me because she feels that the house I'm in is too small for me. Well, at first, when I heard that, I really wasn't impressed. I was neither here nor there about it. And the thought of moving again so soon after leaving the last house just didn't set me on fire. So I said no and I asked my friend to tell her that I'm happy with the house I live in and I can make the space work. But that was until two weeks later when I could see the bricks setting out the floor plan of the house and I could see that I needed to take note here. I saw the placing of the new house which is about seven paces or seven footsteps from my current house. And then I saw the location of the house, the back of which faces my front door and will eventually block out all of the sun from my current house. And then I saw the size of the rooms, which are about a third bigger than the rooms in my current house. And then I kind of imagined my furniture in the house and all the extra furniture that I could buy, like my sewing table, which I'm desperate for. And then I said to my friend, you need to go straight round to that landlord again to tell the landlord that I want to move into the new house. Because you see me, I have no shame. So now, as I watch the house go up, brick by brick, I have two things on my mind. Firstly, this house is supposed to be finished by February 2022. And so for the next five months, I will have all the sun blocked from my house until I move. But the upside of this situation is that I get to see 
everything that will help me when it comes to building my own house next year. And if I have my way, I will use the same builders because I've seen the way they work and I've seen just the precision with which every brick is placed into the structure. And I can just tell that the head builder is not someone who would have tolerated that rubbish situation that I faced in my last property. No, not a chance. So as things are progressing, I get to see the new house being built, I get to see the builder at work, and I get to see just what I need to be paying attention to during the different stages of building my own house by watching what happens with this build. It's almost like having a trial run before actually taking the plunge myself. And to get that opportunity is like a gift. And so much of a gift it is that I've already decided that I don't want to build my house in brick. But instead, I want to build my house using cement blocks. Why? Because I've seen the amount of bricks that are in the garden at the moment for this new house. And they're all higgledy-piggledy and out of shape and some arrive broken and some are crumbling and I just look at the waste and here in Malawi people chop down trees to make bricks and that process is having a really poor effect on the land. Today there are large areas of Malawi that look really barren because the groundwater levels have sunk so deeply due to the cutting down of trees on the land. There are no roots to bring the water up closer to the surface where it can irrigate the surface and keep the topsoil fresh and green. It's like People see trees and think the trees are a free resource that they can just take because they don't see the trees as belonging to anyone. So they cut down trees and sometimes go onto the lands of other people and cut down their trees. Then they use those trees to fuel brick ovens where they then burn the bricks and then sell them to other people to build structures. I mean, I get it. People are trying to make a raise any way they can. But if you're out walking with me in the village where I live, all you will hear is me complaining about the lack of trees and also about the number of trees that have suffered an amputation of a major branch or even three. All because someone somewhere will buy that wood and use the wood to burn bricks which they will then go on and sell. So I just have a feeling that I would be a bit of a hypocrite if I went on to build my home in bricks, given how big my mouth has been. Well, I think so. So having this new house structure close to my office window is a daily reminder that I want to build my house using blocks of cement. And I probably wouldn't have come to that position had I not seen the amount of bricks and how much of the bricks that are there are going to be wasted. So talking about cement blocks, 
one of the first things that I'm going to have to do is to build a wall around my land and put a gate up that will act as security for when the building materials arrive. It's all really exciting and you will get to walk that journey with me if you're in my private Facebook group or on my newsletter list. I mean, I can't wait to see this project develop. Why? What are the chances of an African descent person, an ordinary person like me, being able to build my home in the West, much less being able to buy land in the UK? Because Africans in the UK, unlike our African-American cousins, well, we have not inherited anything and no land on behalf of the torture and trauma and the enslaved toil that was placed on our ancestors. And instead, many Africans in the UK, and more so their children, cannot even afford to buy their own homes in the UK, much less build their own homes. So this opportunity right here will be a great learning opportunity for my listeners and followers to see exactly what I see and to watch the house go up from scratch. So if you want in on this, you need to subscribe to the podcast, but you also need to subscribe to my YouTube channel and to my social media pages where all the action will be taken place. And then if you're really on it, you need to join my private Facebook group where you'll get to see the extra footage and ask as many questions as your imagination can come up with. It's really going to be an interesting time. Over the next two weeks, I'm going to start posting before and after pictures and some progress pictures and I'll post those onto my social media pages so you can see what I see. I hope you enjoy the ride. You can find the links to my social media pages at the bottom of the show notes for this episode. For me, this whole Malawi experience is what living your best life is all about. Remember, living your best life in Africa is a metaphor for taking back control of our lives and living our lives in a hot country of our dreams or in a way that adds real choice and real value to our lives. And in turn, that gives us the opportunity to add real choice and real value to the lives of other people around us. And for me, there can be no better way of giving back and living my best life. Because for me, the worst that can happen if I don't give change a try is that nothing changes and I will end up back where I was in the UK. And if this happens, then I don't feel I've lost anything But what I will have done is gained a wealth of experience that will give me a foundation to try again until I succeed. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asher and until the next episode, I'm 